You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes. And we have a very special bonus episode today with the amazing Anthony Lario. We are here with our favorite person. We're just going to say it. Anthony Lario, we love you. You've been on our show numerous times and you're just like, I want to say like our little brother. I don't know. You're just like our best friend and we're so excited to have you on. Oh, I love you guys. As we were just saying before this, you guys are like my first internet friends, my forever internet friends. (laughs) And we've like grown so much in all this stuff together. I mean, it's really wild, isn't it? We really, really have. And if you guys aren't following Anthony on Instagram, Follow at Anthony Lario on Instagram. His content is brilliant. He'll make you laugh. He can sing. There's not a lot that you can't do, Anthony, I feel. Well, I cannot do a pull-up and I can't do a push-up. So don't tag me in any of those bullshit things that are <laughs> I going I almost around. did. I almost did. But I was like, Anthony's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, Abby? Oh, I can't. I can't do it. I promise. Um, I feel like I'm just going to make a bold statement. But for everyone, anyone listening, I feel like in 20 years, I'm going to be congratulating you for getting like the last segment needed for an EGOT. Like, I think you're going to be like, for those who don't know, that's an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Like you really can do it all. You're entertaining. You can sing, you can act, watch out world. You're oh, coming. Thank you. I appreciate that. If anybody out there can give me my big break, call me. Yeah. <laughs> Broadway, watch, I mean, everyone from Broadway listens to our podcast. So you're, you're in. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm in. <laughs> Here I am. So there's been this thing called uh, coronavirus going on. I haven't heard of it. Not sure if you've heard of it. No, tell me no. more. What is that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're having a pandemic <laughs> and it's just not the flu, something worse than the flu. But Anthony, how are you holding up? Uh, are you quarantined? What day are you on? Are you going bananas? How are you holding up? All right. So my job is really work from home regardless. So my work week is not super different. However, I'm thinking there's a possibility that I may have had COVID-19 already. Now just hear me out because everybody in the world thinks they've had COVID-19. So I'm immunosuppressed, which means that my immune system is compromised due to certain drugs that I'm on. I have Crohn's disease and um, a skin condition. So basically I go in for these infusions and they cut down my white blood cells basically in half to stop my body from attacking itself. However, I got off the phone with my doctor today and he assured me that the infusions only really work in my gut, which is cool because that means it won't affect me in my respiratory system, which is basically what the disease or virus rather does. But now I'm like looking back and I'm thinking, did I have this? And I think that I did. I took a flight to Boston at the end of January and I felt very achy and had like this dry, gaggy cough. And the kicker is I could not taste or smell anything. And I wasn't necessarily congested. Um, And two people that I came into contact that weekend, let's just say intimately in contact with them, um, both afterward told me that they had similar symptoms and they got tested for the flu and they were negative for the flu. And now I'm reading, you know, Colton from The Bachelor couldn't taste or smell anything um, Aaron Tveit, who's on Broadway right now in, um, I forget what show he's in, but he also can't taste or smell. And that's a symptom. They're both positive. So this is kind of like an invisible symptom that I had, which is out of the ordinary. 
That's crazy. Well, and also if you think mm-hmm. about it, Boston is a major hub for international travel. So yes. you could have, you know, touched a surface that somebody from, who just went to Italy touched. And honestly, late January, Italy wasn't on the radar yet. It was still basically Asia, like most of Asia was getting hit, but it hadn't really migrated yeah. to Europe. Yeah. Wow. And there was an article that morning that I got to the Logan Airport that said somebody in the Logan Airport um, had been tested positive. So I think I might've had it. Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh my goodness. How so, long, so how long did it last for you? Like from the moment you felt sick from that flight to when did you feel better? Not just, long. I felt better. Had- I was also drinking that whole weekend. So I was drunk. Mo- <laughs> you know, I was drunk most of the time and I, I, I wasn't really feeling it, but I did feel off. It just kind of felt like a hangover a little bit. Um, but the people, the two people who, um, you know, I was, close with um so i love how you're, you're like, dancing around us we held hands right yeah yeah the two people that i danced with um they both they both had like more severe symptoms and they it had lasted with them for like a week and a half so that's so you know nuts. Well, yeah i'm glad you're okay yeah i'm, I'm hoping that i had it honestly I'm, I'm, it would almost be a positive because you know once people are get it it seems like from what the studies like you can't really get it again you can get another strain but you wouldn't get that one again so exactly and it means that people that i've come in contact with like older people in my life and you know other compromised people it maybe didn't affect them or maybe i was careful enough and didn't give it to them can you believe andy has it i mean that to me i mean like i get it celebrities you know they're not like they can't escape this they're not immune for lack of a better word but when he posted that he had it, my jaw dropped. I could, I just, I don't Same. know why I couldn't believe it. It was very real at that moment. That's what made it the most real for me. Cause you know, Tom Hanks is somebody who's like a little inaccessible and even, you know, Colton from the bachelor feels inaccessible, but Andy's like somebody we know and talk about so frequently. And it really felt like having a friend that, that got it. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, you know, we were seeing photos of him or videos on his Instagram story even earlier that day. He was walking past a burger restaurant saying this place is the best burgers and yada, yada, yada. It's like he was out in public. And think about how many people he shakes hands with per day and talks and to. He was about to start doing Watch What Happens Live in his apartment. So you know that some of that film crew was there setting up lighting, like figuring out where they were yep. going to do this. How it would, how were they going to actually make this happen? So all those people came into contact. It just mm-hmm. the other thing that made me really nervous. And they're saying that most of the time, I don't want anyone to like come at me with this because I know there are, there's always, you know, one or two different scenarios or situations, but for the most part, kids that seem to be getting it, it's just very much flu. Like you give them some Tylenol, they have a slight fever and they need to sleep it off. But my first thought was, oh my gosh, there were so many scenes of him with Ben. And as a parent, you're, you're obviously going to hold your child. You're going to kiss him. So I'm like, oh my gosh, is please tell me baby Ben is safe and healthy. And he's a single yeah. parent. So I know he can get help and stuff, but I wonder how he's quarantining and what's he, what is he doing? Yeah, there? he was definitely kissing that baby, hugging yeah. that baby. I mean, oh, yeah. it seems as though um, what I'm reading is that like toddlers and little kids especially have like no symptoms at all, basically. Yeah, my so. pediatrician, we actually randomly had an appointment to go today and I almost canceled it. And they were, just said, if you feel comfortable going, please come. Because depending on how long all this stuff goes on, it could be two to three months and kids are going to get really far behind on vaccinations and not to get into this big vaccination situation. But, you know, we might start seeing things like measles or really random things we haven't seen in a while. So they're suggesting that you continue with your vaccination schedules and oh, our, interesting. Yeah. I think about that. Because, think you know, like, oh, I don't go to a doctor's office. There's going to be sick kids. I don't want any exposure for my child. But, I mean, we right now in, in St. Louis and Kansas City isn't too different. So most of Missouri is going to be under a stay-at-home order through the end of April. So, I mean, if I waited even longer, it's like these kids are just going to get further and further behind. But my pediatrician said he is not concerned at all. And he's in his 60s and said he's more concerned about his colleagues and friends that are his age becoming the criti- babies. Yeah, getting critically sick than toddlers and kids that are eight, nine, ten years old. Well, there's been no cases, I don't think, of of kids being hospitalized from it. I think everybody has been between like twenty five and there's a few. Like there's a seven month old. There's been a few, but like, Oh no. What? Yeah. I've seen like a seven month old baby. Yeah. Like yeah, I've seen like there's been a few. <gasps> 
Now, oh my God. For some yeah. of them, I've, re- I've found out that for some of the kids that have been hospitalized, I think with one of the younger under a year old, this baby, and they're not giving much information, just, you know, patient protection. Uh, but this baby was born prematurely and had long respiratory issues. So that, I mean, depending okay. on how old the baby is, it might've just made him or her more susceptible to it. But yeah, it is. I mean, there are kids being hospitalized but at a very low rate. Wow. Guys, public service announcement to everybody also. If you read an article that freaks you out, I want you to let it have like a healthy um, effect on you. I always think that healthy caution, healthy fear is good. But double check your article a million times. If you see that article from one source, look it up and read the full thing on like three or four other sources because there's going to be more information in every other source and some things that are left out. For example, I freaked out the other day reading an article about a 30-year-old guy who, um, you know, got contracted corona and was dead within a few days. And then I read the article um, on another server. It said the same exact thing. Finally, I got to a third or fourth source. And at the bottom of the article, it also cited that he had severe asthma and was um, in remission from cancer. So, you know, there's certain things that are being left out places that are essential information. Um, so like, you know, practice healthy caution, but like also cite your sources, I guess, and, and look at multiple sources. I, so, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. cannot agree with that enough. I feel like also people are reading headlines and the headlines are so deceiving right now. They will say like a whole family contracted Corona. Well, you found out. I was that, just going to say that, you know, like two of them lived together. The other one was house sitting as the parents went away to Europe and then came home. Like there's just a lot more to it. Don't let it don't let the fear overtake you. I think that's a really good advice. Have have a healthy, cautious fear of it so that you're washing your hands, you're staying home, you're being mindful of avoiding exposure, but don't let it cripple you to the point where you are afraid to leave your bedroom. And to my fellow makeout fiends out there, I'm a big fan of making out. Oh, I missed um, when I was it, a makeout fiend. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing. Um, DFMO, dance floor makeout, my favorite thing in the entire world. I've never heard of that, and I want to use that, but I have no purpose in using that in my everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> use it with all the cool kids. Say, so did you DFMO this weekend? Yeah, I, sh- I should. I should. But okay. When this is over, no DFMOing for a long time. Like no a year. DFMO-ing. Like, people need to be careful. I remember in college yeah. one time I was in a friend's car who was giving me a sober ride and this guy walked by. I'm like, you're hot. You want to make out? You can't do that shit anymore, people. Like, no. that needs to stop for a while. Oh, my lifestyle is going to change. It's oh. going to have to change. There's like a part <laughs> of me. please document this? Yes, I know. <laughs> Dating oh. post-corona. <gasps> oh, there Dating you go. Dating post-corona. There. I mean, it's it's difficult. It's, it's, it's new, catching. You guys, new that's age. the new love is blind. It's not about the pods. It's the fact that they can't do anything physical at all. They can only talk to one another. Have you seen the, there's been like a, there's like a BuzzFeed article I saw about FaceTime dates. Like a lot of people are yes. connecting with people on Tinder, but FaceTime dating. But that's so weird. Are you going to get like dressed up just to FaceTime? Oh, well, I, mean, I had I'll... an entire relationship one time that was based solely on FaceTime. And See, that it was is fascinating one of my to best, me. It was one of my best relationships ever because <laughs> you only pick you only pick exactly what you want them to see. Yeah. For, for, yeah. So like the they only see the best of, your of you. Apartment. You can like at the right angle, right lighting. Mm-hmm. You can have a script written out in front of you of all your, your best oh one-liners and you can just read them out loud. A script. Wow. I'm really giving myself away. <laughs> I mean, I feel you like are I'm really aging myself. This... A little secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that would like overwhelm me. So, I mean, I just, I guess I'm aging myself, but that's okay. You guys though, I feel like we could talk forever about Corona inspired dating shows, but I am dying to know what you guys thought of last night's Atlanta because- Oh, first of all, I'm just gonna say I'm a huge Atlanta fan. I'm pro Atlanta right now. I think they're one of the few franchises that are giving you a little bit of everything in every episode. You're laughing, you know, it's emotional, and then you're getting great just confrontation. And I think last night might be my new favorite episode of the Atlanta franchise. Okay, I heard this, and I'm surprised that they didn't advertise it. Um, as one of the best episodes because everybody is saying like this is the best episode in a long time and they're shocked because it was kind of just advertised like a normal episode 
yeah, they weren't like the best, the most epic. There was nothing. And hello, they went to Lindsay Lohan's club in Greece. I mean, yeah. where they miss Bravo. Like when they walked, like, like, oh, you know, I became friends with Dina Lohan on Big Brother. And now we're going to go to her club. I'm like, why was this not advertised? This is huge. I mean, big full circle from them running into Lindsay Lohan's daddy back in season what, yes. three. Mm-hmm. They need Lilo on there. No, I thought that episode, Atlanta to me and Abby and I have talked about this a lot. And as these franchises continue and as they go on to season 10, 11, 12, they at least to me keep it the most real and aren't afraid to really air their dirty laundry or air someone else's dirty laundry. Yeah. They're not protecting themselves behind a certain image. They'll go there. But then they'll also have fun too. Like they have these dumb this dumb challenge, these little games that they did, which were fucking hilarious. And if you really need a good laugh right now and you don't care for Atlanta, at least fast forward to when they're on the beach and they're doing these challenges. And I was crying from laughing so hard because it's just funny. And we all need a good laugh right now. They also break the fourth wall a lot, which I like. Yes, and I was just about to say their production does it more than anyone else. Yeah, they break the fourth wall very frequently. And um, I think that that's like probably the most authentic things that these women fight about are probably things that happen off camera. So by suppressing that from the actual storyline, you're not being like as authentic, I guess, with what's actually going on in their lives. I mean, if you think back to a season or two ago, I forget if it was last season or not, the entire drama that happened with Nini and Portia about Watch What Happens Live. I mean, if that was not in that season and they didn't break the fourth wall, there wouldn't have been a season. Exactly. No, I mean, and they went there, even Nini and Portia aired out their, the fight that they had on Instagram that we all saw go down. And I mean, Kenya's relationship. I mean, we've pretty much seen all their fights. They've addressed it. It wasn't I'm, like a hidden thing. I was so shocked that they showed production asking Kenya about Cynthia. So Kenya kind of grills Cynthia about wine and what would she pair with what they were eating. And she said, I would pair this rosé with a lovely fish. And then Kenya's like, well, don't you think that would overpower the fish? And like was almost making it very apparent that Cynthia doesn't know much about wine, which for owning a wine cellar, you know, you probably should know the proper pairings. And production asked her about it and you, they share aired the part where she said, if that's what you make this about, I'm done. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like it was clearly her going right at production. And we don't see that in other cities. No, we don't. And and it's, it's really primarily Atlanta. And a couple of times we've seen it on New Jersey, just this past, you know, finale with yeah. Teresa. And we, we've seen it on Orange County. Yes. We found, like, I think last season was the first time we really saw it with Orange County, but it, it particularly the reunion. Uh, and I mean, speaking of New Jersey, I loved that they aired the part that Melissa goes, she's pissed at production because she's like, I hope mm-hmm. they don't air this. And everyone's like, they're going to air it. Oh, yeah, I, they're going to do it. <laughs> I like that they're showing that part of it because I think there is this sense that it feels very scripted. Sometimes it's very forced or, you know, that they're reshooting something over and over that maybe over time it loses some of its emphasis and drama. So to show like those pieces of it remind you that it is still real and that, you know, these people are making mistakes. Yeah, I, I totally concur. I, I appreciate that, especially since we know now from having social media and Instagram, I think we, we've we talked about this on the podcast before, it's it's a very different time than it was a few years ago. Um, so with these shows, we kind of know what's going to happen on the season before it airs. So these little flares of breaking the fourth wall definitely adds a new, I guess, layer to it. And it, it feels good. I just don't know how... I. I I hate to say this, but I'm nervous about the longevity of some of these shows as of recent. Um, I am too. I mean, at the reunion, they had a, what do you call it? Time capsule? Yeah. Is that what, it, what, what? That was weird. For the 20th year. I was like, is that, is Jersey really going to be on for, what season is this? 12? 10. 10. That was our 10. 10? 10? 10 more. Is this going to be on for 10 more years? Like, are you guys really that confident? I don't. I thought it was odd. They haven't done that for any other city. So it almost, to me, that was weird. signified that they don't have faith in New York, OC, going another 10 years, even then at the when they hit their 10th season. Because OC is going to go on what season? Is this going to be 14 or 15? 15. 15. 15. Do you think that? I don't know if they really have five more left in them. I'm telling you right now, here's my prediction. I think that Orange County, this is new upcoming season. It's going to be the last season. I think that Vicky and Tamara, as much as I don't want it to happen, I think that they're going to get their own spinoff. And I think that uh, Bronwyn will get her own show. 
I support I Bronwyn. I've heard it here first. Yeah, I support Bronwyn. I hope that I hope Vicky and Tamara's test so horribly that Bravo passes on it and it ends up on some weird, like horrible channel that nobody watches. Oh, me too. 110% or it just ends up as a YouTube series. That would be the best. And yeah. what I was just going to say, what was your all's take on Andy grilling Teresa intimate personal questions about whether or not she had sex with Joe in Italy? How did you guys feel about that? <sighs> What do, you, what do you think? You go first. Okay, so I think that if you didn't know the dynamic of Teresa and Andy, that it would feel unprofessional and as if he crossed a line. However, they are very close. And he, I think they banter and call each other out a lot. So when he announced he was going to have a baby and she didn't have the best reaction, she claimed that it was editing. And then he snapped back and was like, it was a live show, Teresa. This is the one time I'd say it was based off of editing. I just I think that's the type of relationship they have. So I think he he went there because he would have asked her that otherwise. Personally, I'm glad he did those details. But if you didn't know that, I think it would have felt like he crossed the line. And I can see people who think he crossed the line. But what did you think, Anthony? I think that it's fine. I at first when he was doing it, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But I think that he realizes now he's at a point with Teresa. I mean, we got to remember they had their one on one interview with Joe Back when they first got indicted and convicted and sentenced, they had their you know one-on-one interview with Andy when Joe was deported, um, and so I think that even though he's known other housewives longer, I think they probably have the most intimate relationship and are at a point now where he knows what he can ask her and what he can't. So obviously he feels comfortable enough with her to ask that question and she felt comfortable enough to answer it. And I think if she was really upset by it, he she wouldn't have said anything. It was really uncomfortable to watch and knowing Teresa and I feel like Teresa, I don't always give her credit for how smart she can be, but yeah. I mean, I guarantee her lawyer like had to be involved in some way or another. Like I feel like she runs her lawyer stuff, things by with everything. So it wouldn't surprise me if she asked Andy for um, a lead in what kind of kinds of things he's going to ask about in terms well, of that relationship. Yeah. And, and, and Teresa has the most deals with magazines, which is an, an, another interesting sub factor that I don't think a lot of people know about with reality TV. It's like, you know, there's two kind of assets here. There's the production aspect of it, which is, you know, when you're casted for one of these shows, you're not casted by Bravo. You're casted by the production company, and then Bravo approves it. So when people on Instagram and Twitter are so often like, Andy, get this guy on the show, or Andy, get this girl on the show, it's like Andy's not making that decision. That's Evolution Media. That's Sirens Media. Then Bravo approves it. Andy doesn't meet these people until the first time they're on Watch What Happens Live or even at the reunion. So it's kind of this whole um, – you know, she has deals with People Magazine. She has deals with other publications. So there's certain things that she can release now and certain things she has to wait because people are literally paying her to share this information because, like it or not, behind Bethany Frankel, Therese is probably the most famous out of all of them. What did you think of the Danielle situation? How she, I love that she said, I am an OG. I have to be sitting by Andy or I'm going to walk. I don't need to do this. And they put her in a chair so far away she wasn't even on the couch with all of them it was so humorous to me they've never have they ever done that i think even kim yes. d got to sit on the couch or sometimes they'll pull ago. up like a small little like chair like a little armchair but it will be right next to andy but yeah it was kind of funny but i felt bad i can't believe i'm gonna say this i felt bad she for just her. can't win i think when she said like i need to focus on myself and i can't be around I don't agree with the whole, I can't be around toxic, toxic people, but I think she's played out her days as a housewife and I don't know how she would rebuild and somehow become a fan favorite. I think she will always be the one we love to hate. So it's time for her to just step away. She does make good TV though. Like (laughs) I'm missing her. I will say she kind of handled it with grace, not the same, but kind of similar. When you think about Vicky and her experience at the reunion and then Danielle and Danielle's like, I'm not, I didn't quit. I'm resigning, which is really the same fucking thing, but whatever. But I felt like she handled it really well, all things considered. She could have come out a guns a blazing, given us a little more drama, but. She really didn't give us any drama. She didn't really do too much other than the lead up of like, I want to sit next to Andy, but sitting there, she didn't really 
go bat shit, bring a wig and like all the no. things she's done before. She didn't have any props. Yeah, for, for, her, for her final act as a housewife, she sure went out kind of calm. It almost seemed like how she was like the first two seasons of Jersey. And I wish she kind of had this demeanor for the last three seasons she's been on the show. I often wonder too, would things have been different if she, was that last year? If she last year kept her relationship with Margaret intact. It seems like she went out of her way last year to ruin her relationship with Margaret for the sake of drama on TV. But I think if they were still close friends, she might even be a full-time housewife. I had not thought about that. That It's a very interesting point because really her downturn, I was never a huge Danielle fan, but I was willing to entertain her being on the show. And then when she started going after Margaret and going after her as a mother and a wife and, and then in doing so anybody that was in Margaret's corner, she also went after it. She, went pretty hard after Dolores too that I mean but you can pinpoint to Margaret that really was sort of the beginning of the end I hadn't thought about that but I think it's a valid point to make that had she maintained that friendship she she would be on the show but then it makes me wonder who wouldn't have made it because they're not going to have seven housewives on there I think that the most they've ever had on Jersey is six it started with five I believe yeah I think when they added six they realized it was kind of a good dynamic of three and three so, I don't know. Yeah. I will say this reunion, I started loving Jennifer this season. And Anthony, I know you really like her. And you even told us last year, you just have to wait a little bit to really understand her humor. But she really bothered me at the reunion. I hate when all people do is argue. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I talked to a, a couple of people like on the cast afterward. And I had said to them, listen, she's doing this because she knows she's being filmed. And if she was not on that reunion, not a lot would have happened. That's that's fair. I mean, she the thing is, I thought she was so entertaining throughout the entire season. I just wish she would have edited herself a little bit. Like, don't come out so hot every every single comment. Like, sorry, not sorry. That type of mentality and attitude. Just calm it the fuck down. Yeah, she needed <laughs> to calm it down bit. a little bit. She just could have been more snide. A couple notches. You could be a little shady. You could learn something from the Atlanta ladies there. Just bring it down a little bit. Don't show all your cards at once. But I got to tell you, I don't necessarily disagree with all of the shit she was saying about Melissa. There was I a piece of me that wanted to say, amen, when she said, no one believes you're having another kid. I, and then she called out the I fake never sister. And never. we had talked about that on our podcast where I'm like, Melissa just comes up with these random ass storylines that no one believes except maybe her. When she was talking about the fake sister and now like having another kid, I'm sure there's another one I'm forgetting about. It's just like. Oh, even further back, the yes. restaurant, Envy. Um, the fashion show, now the the sister, the 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 pregnancy, it's not real. I I don't yeah, I just it's kind of crazy. I did love that I don't agree that she's too self-absorbed, but I also feel like what I don't know what she this is gonna sound bad, but I don't know what she gains at this point from having a baby. Her kids are older. She's getting to the point where, in my eyes, I think this would be a fun part to start watching your kids grow and be there to help them through some more adult times and conversations and really like help shape the adult they are. If you have a newborn, I feel like it's just going to be really hard to balance all that. I could also see her oldest daughter starting to resent her because there's probably going to be times where the oldest is going to have to take care of this new baby. It just, it's a really weird dynamic to Mm -hmm. mix into the family. And I feel like she's got a really good life right now. She's able to have this boutique. I, I don't know how often she really works there, but for the sake of the show, she makes it seem like she does her and Joe seem to be well. She's doing okay with Teresa and her kids seem to be health, like healthy and happy. Like I just feel like she should be thankful. She's yeah. borderline friend of. In oh some God, ways. you're right. right. You're right. She, she is. is. A like she's kind of borderline friend of. I do enjoy her, and I genuinely like do like her overall as a person. Like she seems like a good time. But in terms of what she brings to the show, I don't know that there's really a lot other than the people she's connected to. I mean, her husband yeah. is probably why she's I think still Joe could be full time, and she could be off the show, and it'd be more enjoyable. Joe is a full-time. I, I really do feel as though Joe is a full-time housewife. You had a special on the show. part of the reunion. 100%. All the men left, and then they're like, we're gonna invite Joe back. And I don't think they've done that in years past either. No. And that's been that way for a while, that they leave Joe out for a long period of time. I just think, yeah, I, I also think the men of New Jersey are the best house husbands because they enjoy being around one another. They don't let the drama of the women really interfere with them having a good time. And they're so funny. I, I truly love them. Where some of the other husbands, I feel like when they try to pretend like they're friends, 
it feels a little too forced. Yeah, they really, that's that Jersey old school kind of connection. It like, you know, the, it, it really is a Jersey thing. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, they all do, even though, you know, Jackie was casted after the fact, Jennifer was casted after the fact, even though they're new friends and new cast members, it does have this authentic old school feeling that New York kind of has too. Do you think New Jersey, that it will remain the same because they didn't add or remove a housewife from last season either? I mean, not including friends of, but really the, those six were from, you know, stayed the exact same. Do you think we'll get that again next season? I think that they'll probably add one. I think that they're going to add one and keep it seven full-time housewives, have it seven full-time housewives or demote somebody to friend of. But I'm going to be honest. I can't see them demoting neither Jennifer nor If Jackie it wasn't for them, the season would have been a little bit more, like would have been really boring. Those two had majority yeah. of the conflict or created, or I feel like they really stood out. They had a, like a, their sophomore seasons for both of them were really strong. And listen, I like Jackie now. I didn't really like her that much I, last oh. year. I like her. We've always loved Jackie. I think because as a housewife, she's the most relatable, like someone in terms of the content that she brings on the show. Like she's not afraid of having pizza parties. I mean, I'm not going to have us go down that rabbit hole of the parties, but she's a little refreshing in the sense that she's a lot more relatable and is a little bit more attainable. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, the birthday party thing was the most hilarious and most realistic thing to be fighting out on a housewife show because that that is just so real. It's these young moms being like, well, your party sucked. No, your party sucked. Well, yours is too much. It is real. And that's what I watched housewives for from the beginning. I wanted to watch these desperate housewife-esque situations that they're small things, but they turn into the funniest, most petty, ridiculous arguments. That is classic they, I mean, housewives. They talk so about the good. kids' Parties, but it continued into the adult ones because then Jennifer took a stab at Melissa and said, your 40th birthday party, the theme was you. And then they go, what was your theme? She's like, Moulin Rouge. Like they all just, it is that part is what I love about Jersey. And I think that's what Housewives were originally. It was just this sort of out there, extra drama confrontation. It was fun to watch. And it, some of the franchises I feel like are really losing that, but New Jersey, I think will forever retain it. Yeah, me too. It's the old school vibes. That's why I'm like, guys, that's why I'm an everlasting figure because I'm from Jersey. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Here's a question to kind of wrap up Jersey, but this also applies to other shows. With Corona and shows that have stopped filming because of it, do you think Jersey, we won't see anything until 2021, 2022? Like what, what's your thought and what, you know, from the production world, like what, Do you think Bravo is probably scrambling and thinking about their programming right now? Well, I was supposed to go to a filming event for Jersey like a week or two ago and it got canceled because of this bullshit. Um, And so I don't think that they're going to start filming again for a bit, at least a month and a half. I I guess that can delay production. uh, I, I guess that by a month and a half. But as far as like the network putting out the show, I bet they're going to try to put out the shows on time whether that means having shorter seasons or upping the salary of the people editing these things and producing them. But I think what they're going to try to do is remain as close to scheduled programming as possible. And for everybody saying release New York now, release Beverly Hills now, all the episodes, that's not going to happen. It just won't happen. Because I will, and the reason, the example I will give, not that this is like a amazing show and I don't even watch it religiously, but I find them entertaining. The Bella twins moved up their release by two weeks. So I think E. But what network is that on? So I mean Bravo, it's like the oh, same family. E. Okay. They're all so under it, Universal. Yeah. I mean we got Frozen Two Twins. <laughs> see what I was not the same <laughs> Well, what I was thinking was the advertiser. So it's easier on a digital platform to release something early. But when you have advertisers lined up, um, if you release it all at the same time, then you're getting rid of literally all of those advertisers that are basically also, funding your yeah. network. The also, so the other thing I wonder to consider is what, where are they going to put it? And there's, this is something we want to discuss later. But you know, they've rearranged some shows and moved them to time slots that aren't necessarily the best or days that aren't the best. I don't know what I don't know where they would put New York right now because we've got two shows on Sunday, we've got two shows on Wednesday. I guess you could put it on a Monday, but New York usually is like a Thursday. I feel like New York is like for me, I like watching it on like a Wednesday or Thursday because it just like 
I don't know. I look forward to it at the beginning of the week and then it gets me through the end of the weekend of the weekend. So it, I don't know. Oh, I can't wait. It always is at the perfect time when it comes out too. It's right before summer. I'm watching it on, on you know, a night in June with my glass of Chardonnay. You're not going to have your Ramona Pinot Grigio? Anthony. Turtle time. <gasps> no, no Pinot Grigio for me. I, I hate Pinot Grigio. Gal. Oh, uh, me too. I, I don't like, like it either. I actually do like Pinot Grigio, but I'm more of a Sauv Blanc. Here is a follow-up question to all of this, and it's still like relevant. So reunions, Atlanta postponed the reunion. Do you think we're going to get reunions at all? Like, Do you think there's going to be so yeah. much time that passes that they might say, nope, we're not going to do an Atlanta reunion or Vanderpump rules? Oh, I think they'll still do it. But it might be digital, though. I can see them doing a digital reunion, like having it either uploaded just solely to the Bravo app or like a Bravo YouTube page, like kind of like even though Love is Blind was already a digital show, like I can see them doing something like that. But I don't think that they would jip that because there's probably already so much money that they put into planning that and production wise. So it'd be I think money they wasted pivot at this and they do, do for Atlanta, something they've never done for any reunions, but something I've wished they would consider is a live audience that gets to ask direct questions. I know uh, Andy does it and he does a great job. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I think some of these women would respond differently if it was looking the person and fan in the face that's asking the question. We saw that at BravoCon. I just I think it'd be interesting, like if they had people who weren't afraid to look them at the eye and call them out on their shit and see what a Nini, a Portia, a Kenya says back. Because I think they'd get fired up. I think it'd be really fun uh, to I watch. Agree. That is a cool idea. Yes. I, I know the dance oh, moms reunion used to Miller do that. Life. But yeah, I mean, this is just, I feel like it's so crazy. It's going to be really interesting to see if it does delay anything. I also can't wait to see the OC home videos. So for those who haven't been following all the OC people, filming has paused. They're really not supposed to be, well, at this point, no one really should be socializing with anyone. Just stay in your own house. But when the gathering size was not 10 or less, they told the women not to hang out with one another because they didn't want it to interfere with anything that they had already going or for them to miss anything, but all the women are having to submit home videos. And I, we were talking about this before we start recording. I think it's going to be really interesting to see these because this is going to give the women a chance to tell a story that maybe Bravo hasn't around them because they're going to pick what videos they send production. Well, let me give you some inside shit too. They're also going on the new New York season. You're going to be seeing stuff like this too, even without the quarantine. Um, home videos are a new thing that is implemented across the board. Mm. So it's like a new tie closer to Instagram and social media, like how they kind of do that on their own already on their own platforms. So so basically what, and I'm going to preface it all with allegedly, even though I know it for a fact, but allegedly what they're, uh, they're on their schedules. They're required to film a certain amount at home. So, you know, whether it's an assistant or whether it's them filming themselves, um, they do have small GoPro type cameras where they're fil- they're filming certain things by themselves. Ooh. I think. Mm-hmm. I, and even more opportunities break to break wall, the fourth, the wall, fourth too. wall has been breaking more and more. We're seeing it a ton on Family Karma, which I'm loving. I think we're going to see it more and more on other franchises. I'm guessing that we'll see it. Probably the most on New York because I feel like they've tested it a little bit with OC. They've tested it quite a bit with New Jersey and Atlanta. They're testing it right now with Karma. I'm. It seems to be positive. So I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of fourth wall being broken with New York. I don't know about Beverly Hills. I just feel like they're already kind of kind of yeah. fake. But guys, this is going to suck this season. This season of Beverly Hills is what literally. You, I want to know why you suck. say that. I, I mean, I don't disagree, but because I think last season was horrible, and I don't know how they're going to rebuild. But what makes you say that? I mean, we had like twenty episodes of yeah. like fucking puppy. Like I. Uh... Well, I'm a big trailer analyzer. I, I honestly think I've analyzed a trailer on your podcast before, um, but uh, if you notice, everything that happened in that trailer was from the same dinner. And the other scenes that were spruced within were just like boring little filler things. But everything was at that same psychic dinner. And then there was one scene at a party and then one scene with Rena and Denise. We were hyped up having Brandy coming back, all this shit. It just seems like an all-star season. Like we saw Eileen pop up, Adrian, Kim, Brandy. Like it, all these random ass people are there. It, it just seems like it's going to suck. And it's time for them to either let it go or completely rebuild. 
Well, I feel like too, when those women aren't willing to kind of go there, like the Atlanta women do too, that makes it more and more inauthentic as the years go on. And I love a lot of them individually. Me too. But it, it just doesn't feel, it just feels a lot more staged and not real. And the fact that they did bring in a Camille and all these other former Beverly Hills housewives who the show to strum, string up drama, like that's telling in it in it of itself. And we don't really know. I didn't see much of Sutton, she, which I thought was going to be a new player. She's friend yeah. Um, she's Garcelle. Yeah, Garcelle. Garcelle, I'm excited to see just for like having rep- like diversity. Me too. And but she seems fun. She seems so fun. So here's but the problem, I, I think, I with know. Beverly Hills too. I yeah. think when you need – like all of us are cheering for Brandy and Kim to come back because we, we want to see someone who's going to spice it up and not be afraid to just really fight and create shit. But so you add them in there and then you're going to add another housewife and now Sutton's a friend of, it's going to be too much and people aren't going to be able to follow everything. This is exactly mm-hmm. how I feel about Vanderpump Rules right now. It's like we're watching two different shows and they're they're both like leaving me feeling like meh because the old people aren't really carrying the show the way they used to, which is why they brought in this whole new host of new people. And the same for Beverly Hills. They're going to recycle and then add some new people. I think we're just going to have a lot of disjointed storylines and it's just not going to feel like any of it really makes sense. Yeah. That goes back to the longevity like thing of these shows. While it is like fun to watch people grow up like really like on Vanderpump Rules and you know, the story arc of Teresa in Jersey is really amazing. How we saw her as this 30 something year old mom to now in her late forties, you know, dealing with, you know, a husband who's deported (laughs) literally got out of jail, kid going off to college. I mean, it's like her story arc's unbelievable. At a certain time, it's time to let go, just kind of like the Bachelor series. We have people from other seasons coming in and out all the time, but we need to constantly be revamping in order for it to be successful. Because think about it this way. Would you watch the same movie over and over and over again every single week just with slight deviations? Not really, and that's what it's feeling like at this point. Yes. yes. Well, that kind of yeah. Although I was going to say, I feel like anyone fire. who has kids think, and that's been under this quarantine, all we're doing every day is watching the same video over and over again. I can <laughs> recite all of Frozen, Moana, and Coco to anybody who's interested. So just DM DM me, and I'll uh, create a very long video. <laughs> for you. Yeah, there we go. We should be your Patreon episode. We you should do a live duet. Start I know all those hearts too. Oh, the cold in winter air. Yeah. Wait. I, oh, and I don't like, know the words, but I know life. <laughs> I know the. Oh, that's frozen I too. Show yourself. I like the I one. I know, but I know all, I'm really into Frozen Two right now. Is what's happening in my household. What's the one from Frozen Two that's like Into the Unknown? Something about the distance. Is that what it's called? Yes. Good? Into the I also love this one. Yeah. when I, I love am older. That. I I love Olaf. Yeah. Yeah. Olaf right. songs. <laughs> Oh, love songs are great. Okay, I'm going to bring us back before we go. This is not going to be turned into a Disney podcast. Rapid fire questions. First one. Do you think, saying what we're saying about Banner Pump Rules, do you feel like this is, it's done? Like this is truly should be the last Anthony, season. You go, Abby, I would Anthony, say yes, absolutely. Go. It's been done yes. for a while. Over, done. Done or recat, just get rid of it, all the... OG people or just keep Stassi and and have all the new people find a way to incorporate her um, I, I, I don't know I, I do have an idea eventually after our rapid fire of how to I incorporate think Stassi OGs spin off, which they we'll get to that sort later. of try doing with these like digital shorts that were simply Stassi uh, give her her own spinoff and then take a few people like Sheena maybe James and Raquel and pluck them out of LA and put them at uh, the pump Vegas place and that's the new pump that's why i've been saying yeah. for a while yeah i like that i like that love it i agree with everything you're both saying is shaw's done so shaw's a sunset moved from a sunday time slot to a friday night tops time slot does that i, I mean to me that done. rings as bad in my opinion but you don't think it's done no i think there's a lot more to be unraveled with them I, for some reason they can do it differently and better than a lot of the other shows can even housewives included. I mean, it's kind of a show I think on Bravo that flies under the radar, kind of like a million dollar listing or like, even though below deck is super popular, almost like a below deck where for some reason it it seems as though they have strong enough of a viewership 
that it keeps going every single year with primarily the same cast. And so whatever they're doing, I worry that it's done. I love Shaw's. I've always been addicted to it and religiously watched it. And I also agree that it is, it's underrated. It flies under the radar. People forget about it, but it's so good. But it seems to me that Reza and Mercedes truly are done. That friendship is severed. I I know they've had fights before, but this is just so deep and just the things they've been saying about and to one another are just so hurtful. I don't see that friendship mending for years to come. And I just don't know how the show is going to carry on if they're split. It just, it will not be the two of them together is what made it so entertaining. And they stirred up a lot of drama and called people out on shit. And honestly, at times we're kind of borderline like horrible friends, but that's what made it so good. And without, without that, I just, I worry. I don't think it's going to be done this season. I think they're going to try to see what it's going to be like almost doing like two separate shows in one with Reza and, um, Mercedes being separate and I don't think it's going to last. And I think then it's going to be over. I agree with you, Abby. I think yeah. we'll, they'll want to show Golnessa as a mom. Cause I would, I mean, that's it. I'm interested to see Golnessa as a mom. Um, I feel like they're going to show that, that evolution. And then I feel like they should put a pretty bow on it and say goodbye. <laughs> Capiche. Capiche. Okay. Same with karma newcomer. Abby and I both love it. I don't know what you've seen of it, Anthony, but do you feel like that show will last? The first season from what I've read, I think is only like an eight, 10 episodes. It's not a lot of episodes. So do you, but from what you've heard and what you know, do you feel like that's a show that could come back with the second season? I think it could. And I hope it does. And and here's why not even necessarily because of the content of the show or because like I'm obsessed with it or anything. I just kind of feel like they keep, uh, introducing these shows like last season we lost both or last year we lost both you know mexican dynasties and texicanas in one year um before that you know apreski had come and gone like it's just they can't keep i don't know any other network that does this that introduces new programming constantly and then gets rid of new programming constantly so if they're going to do this even if the numbers aren't quite on par as they want them to be they should try to keep it at least for some sort of you know, hope for longevity because you can't count things out right away. I honestly think if they kept Mexican dynasties on, it could have grown viewership and actually been really successful. I think they didn't market and position Mexican dynasties for success. I felt like they did in the beginning. And then like after the first episode, you never really heard about it or saw it as much. I agree. I think you need to give everything two seasons because it's going to one, it's going to take these people a while just to get used to having the cameras on them. They're going to be a little bit, not fake, but a more protected version of themselves. You've seen it with Housewives. If you go back and watch like seasons one and two, they act very differently. It's like they shy away from certain things. They try to control the narrative. And then they quickly realize how bad that's perceived by everyone. So I feel like you just need to give these characters and people time to warm up to sharing their lives. I definitely think Karma, though, will get a second season, particularly if Shaw's, they're kind of seeing the, the writing on the wall. Bravo is getting a lot of negativity and negative press around the fact that they really lack a lot of diversity. Yes, they have Atlanta and Potomac, but they do a horrible job mm-hmm. of uh, promoting Potomac. And any other show they brought on that somehow promotes diversity is quickly canceled. So if this happens with Family Karma, it's going to look really bad. And then two, yep. I think we're seeing a lot of declining housewife franchises that, you know, we've talked about this. There's some that we don't think are going to come back. OC included. I think Beverly Hills is at risk. I honestly worry about Potomac. I know it's a fan favorite for some, but I just don't think that one is really getting enough love from Bravo. So as these housewives decline, this is going to have to be the new thing that they focus on and they have to figure out another formula for success. And I think they've done it with Shaw's. And I think they're going to do it with Family Karma. And I think what they have to start doing, too, is focusing more on, you know, viewer feedback. Um, I find often that, like, places like MTV, um, even E! that's under the same umbrella as NBC, they often rely on focus group input. They rely on even just, like, you know, qualitative, like, um, qualitative research, like, on social media. And for some reason, I don't feel like any executives or marketing people at Bravo really look at their qualitative research. They often do things consistently that people bitch about online. Now, could they be doing that just to, you know, gain attention for the shows by bitching about them online? Maybe, but I feel like they have to start listening to what the viewers want more and really hone in on focus groups and stuff like that. 
I couldn't agree more with the both of you. And I think one thing that's really, really lacking that seems very obvious outside of the dating shows and top chef competition type shows on Bravo is a cast that has a diverse mixture of friends. Yep. We haven't totally seen any right. of that. I mean, if you think about your own in, inner circle, you probably hopefully have a little bit of diversity within that. And we haven't seen a show that's done that, which seems like a very obvious thing to do. So I hope that they listen to us viewers who are willingly to just promote their channel and their network because we do love it. But come on, Bravo. Yeah, come on, get with the times for a network that's, you know, uh, I give them credit for the, you know, the LGBTQ plus, um, you know, representation being a, that a lot of their audience is, is gay. But, you know, I, I I don't necessarily see a lot of friend groups that are diverse. You're right. On Have we ever had on Vanderpump Rules Day um, a person of color be a, a person of color but, that's I mean, a woman? I mean, it's not like they gave her a character for a minute. <laughs> was like the... Babe. No, oh, she I, was just the girl that yeah, Jax hooked was up she with. Even a lead? She did I don't think she was a lead. And they, no, like, she, I feel like they totally made yeah. her seem like just this horrible, trashy person. So, yeah. They villainized her, yeah, a lot. Yeah, why do they do that? Why do they do that? But, like, that was an opportunity for them with the new season. With, if I mean, I don't care for the new people really at all, but that was an opportunity for them to show that diversity. Last question what OG do you think quits next or is fired next? Mm, these are my favorite types of questions, guys. You know, we go back and forth sometimes at like 3 a.m. over voice Which, message by the way, on Instagram your talking about like shit like this. Um, yes. What, right? I mean, They're not even from crazy. inside information. I'm just predicting that shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Remember last year around this time I said Vicky and Tamara are gone. They're gone. Um, but, um, enough giving myself pats on the back guys. I'm just brushing <laughs> off the stuff of the, the glitter on my back. Um, uh, this is difficult. I think Nini, um, for sure. But I kind of think that that's a given. Um, I, I think Nini's going to be done. Um, I think that she's either going to quit. Um, I don't think that she believes that she is being treated fairly by production and network. Um, which whether she's valid or not and that, I just don't think she's going to come back, even if she is offered a contract back. And as far as another OG, I think Teresa is safe. I think that she will be safe for a little bit. Um, I, I know you guys love Kyle Richards, but I got some, got, I got a feeling that Kyle say, might be next to go. I think, mm. I do think Kyle's at risk. I think all of Beverly Hills is at risk. I, I think they've realized that when they, drop an OG or demote them, everybody tunes in for that drama or to see what's it like without this person, even if I didn't like them. Like I tuned in to OC hardcore this year just to watch Vicky not be a main figure, although she was in every freaking episode. I also, okay, I love, so I think that that's going to happen with Kyle. Um, I love this person. I hate saying it, but I think this person uh, is going, it goes through a lot of ups and downs. I think Sonia, although she's not an OG, never mind. I forgot she joined season mm. three. I don't think Ramona ever quits or ever mm. So I guess. Oh, no, I neither Ramona, do I. I. Protect Ramona at all costs. I think that's a good protection. idea for them to keep. To keep and I, uh, I agree Ramona. with Teresa. I think it's so a good idea. I guess I'm going to say Kyle. I, I disagree yeah. with Nini. So I was on the Nini train leaving, but I will say these last couple episodes of with Nini on Atlanta have been the most that I've enjoyed Nini in a really long time feel like she's coming out of a cloud with Greg's cancer and all the shit she's dealt with. She's not a perfect human by any means, but so the, I've thoroughly have enjoyed her walking. The other thing with again, Nini, I thought started to think a minute that, you know, her and that. Wendy Williams are good friends. And so I think this was all fake. Her, I think she truly leaked it to Wendy, wanted Wendy to put it out there. And then she was going to pretend like, I don't know where Wendy said that, like she's making that up, but she's been seen with Andy a lot. Totally with agree with to you. Corona. I was going to say, I was going to say, I feel like her and Andy have always had this like legit friendship that yes, you've seen them they go were, live together. They, were both they walked down the street point. together. They go yeah, out to and, lunch. No, I was going to say they were both in New York and he was favorite. like, Sorry, let me ahead, know she was in New York and now here we are on our way to lunch. I'm like, yeah, you're probably going to have some meeting with Bravo to discuss her next contract. Like I, I don't think Nini's having a lunch meeting just for shits and giggles. She's very much a businesswoman. So she was either negotiating a higher price point or talking about a spinoff. And that's the only way she leaves. Yeah. 
And I would watch a Nini spinoff. That's the thing. It's it's often like I don't I don't I love Kyle. I don't think I could watch a Kyle spinoff. I even somebody like you know Kim Zolciak who like is so vile and annoying. Like I, I understand why she has a spinoff and a successful spinoff if, at that. Like she has the fan base for it, and she's big enough in in order to have a spinoff. And I would enjoy Nini by herself. I mean, so. we've done it before. She had a wedding spinoff, so it's it's not that it hasn't been done. I would like to see Ooh, Nini, Nini leave Greg and then watch Nini start all over again. That's what I would like she to see. She just would be so blunt. She'd be like, oh, iconic. You, you know, like, why do you it look like that? So why bad. would you say that? Like, I just feel like, but then also to see, like, a softer side of her, I would love to see Nini dating. Well, you know what we need to do with a lot of these OGs? And here's, like, my, you know, idea for the future of Bravo and, and, and you know, because a lot of Bravo – fandom is i guess rooted in nostalgia so you're nostalgic because you've seen these people for so many years but at the same time you're sick of them and you want the shows to get better and the only way they can get better is to revamp them so in order to keep that nostalgia i think there needs to be some type of programming that either after shows or a talk show that allows these ogs to get off the current franchises that they're on and to host their own kinds of shows i mean i would love to see nini Host a Real Housewives of Atlanta after Almost show like a, and have yes. you know I would love like a yeah like couch, she knows it in the Bravo labs yes I would even watch Vicky and Tamara that would be together so good yeah I would watch Vicky and Tamara interview Real Housewives of Orange I County like after after an episode that would be refreshing and remember oh you had an acting moment when she was on Glee oh and she's so a good I, she's a good actress. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she had a little a moment actress. there in Hollywood. I don't know what happened there, but I knew she was like buddies with Glenn. She was on Broadway. What show? Uh, yeah, yeah. She was. So I yeah. would welcome oh. And Cinderella. Sarah, I didn't know uh, that. Fairy Godmother. I mean, her and Erica Jane. Like, there you go. Broadway show, Nene and Erica Jane. That would be yeah. what we need to. Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, Bravo should just pay us. Into it. Loving all the these ideas. I mean, we need to be <laughs> just, we need to be high year yeah. <laughs> baby. We need to be ten ninety nine. Or at least just give us like free Bravo. Let's get on board. Next, I keep saying next year. It's like we're well into twenty twenty, and I keep forgetting. Oh, guys, your whole BravoCon journey needs to be set in stone for the beginning next year. I cannot have the anxiety was, again. <laughs> somebody said that like, one just of you to wasn't going to be able like, to go. Clue it, like, keep watching to see if you made it. I'm like, no, I legitimately didn't have a ticket to like three weeks before. I had a plane ticket before I had a ticket to BravoCon. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the phone with Vanessa being like, is Abby going to make it? <laughs> Like, is this going to happen? Like, if yes, you could see some of really my inspiration messages to Housewives, and, and I will there. say a lot of them reached out to basically be like, there's nothing I can do. But a few of them were tr- like trying to give me ideas of ways to get Bravo's attention. It was so sweet. But honestly, like I look back, I'm like, I was so stressed and was basically like willing to sell my child just to get a ticket to BravoCon. Like I, it was so <laughs> worth it. It was so worth it. But, but it was well worth it. It was yeah. well worth it. Well, well worth it. And I, I'm telling you right now, I will never, I don't think that I will ever go to BravoCon, but when it's it happens, it's time for all of us to meet in person. It really, I feel like a part of me will be a little, it's like, it's going to be bittersweet because our internet friendship will have pivoted into something else, but it's, it's time. It's time. We need them. As soon as we're allowed to travel again, we are, we are making our way to New York. It's time at this point. Yes. It's, it's definitely time. Maybe we can go and like new season in New York is going to be fucking good cannot wait i feel like you two would be much better at that than me <laughs> yeah we gotta find the exact I'm happy, curve i'm happy i'm with you anthony film, though like authenticity i'm with the exact curve we need to be positioned the right way like vanessa you're gonna have to risk your life and film it in the street <laughs> we need to <laughs> no, borrow ramona's dog do for the team. i love it all right people I'm stay tuned anthony thank I'm you so much for joining us it was so fun catching up on bravo with you thanks for having me guys as always and how can people find you Okay, guys, so you can find me on Instagram at Anthony Lario, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-L-A-R-I-L. I promised I have a new podcast coming out soon. It's Yay. been delayed, trying to get networking behind me. If you guys have any poll, let me know. And also, um, if you guys ever need help, you know, growing yourselves on social media, creating your own podcast, or any kind of social media marketing, whether it's video you've editing, given us whatever, so much great advice me, and so many good tips. I and mean, we were even talking about people like, how did you guys grow to, you know, 27,000 followers so quickly? And seriously, the advice you gave us helped us tremendously. So anyone thinking about jumping into this crazy Instagram podcast world, absolutely reach out to Anthony. I wish we would have done it sooner. 
Oh, well, you guys are the fucking best. I mean, they, these motherfuckers have grown so fast. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, it's like nutty. I, I remember the, talking to you guys. You guys had like 150 followers. And, and you now you're. First. I remember that. You He's commented legit. on my first post, and Abby was like, oh my God, look at this guy, Anthony Lario. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. And then so we became good. internet friends. Yeah. BFF, or BFF internet friends. Well, when you have your show, be sure to have us on because we would love to come on. So oh, we'll definitely promote always. it too when it comes out. So keep us posted. But thank you again for joining us. I hope you all enjoyed that bonus episode as much as we did. And again, if you're not following Anthony on Instagram, please give him a follow. He is such a fun account. And during this time of quarantine, we all need some laughs. So give him a follow at Anthony Lario on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a five-star rating or review. I know you got time right now. So (laughs) take a couple of seconds of your time to leave us that rating or review and if you aren't already follow us on instagram we'll try to keep you distracted we'll try to make you laugh but give us a follow at real moms of bravo and we will catch you soon is your daily grind getting you down a thermospas hot tub may be the solution just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.